0: This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No nine to five.
1: Eat that frog. You can have your
0: card. Crisp comes from not knowing the church. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab, and I'm your host Himanshu Sachdeva. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show, I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom, and also dissect the process, behavior, and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. I love audiobooks and I have been using Audible for years. Whenever I'm commuting to work and back, almost always I'm listening to a book. Because I don't get time to read as much as I would like to. So audiobooks help me read books in a whole new way. If you want to try it out, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com himanshu sachdeva. You'll get thousands and thousands of books to choose from which you can listen on your phone, laptop, or even on your Kindle device, anytime, anywhere. In this episode, I'm talking to Delton D'Souza. He's an adventure filmmaker, director of photography and cinematographer. He's been publishing his amazing adventure outdoors videos on YouTube, including his bikepacking series. His video editing works are just out of the world. He's also done commercial work with names like Vogue, Flipkart and more. In this conversation, we cover a wide variety of topics, his creative process, how he transitioned to this creative career from a regular airline job, we also talk about his YouTube series called Bikepacking. There is a lot of nitty-gritty details if you are an aspiring filmmaker, YouTuber or director. It was just pure joy listening to this guy talk about his passion. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Delton D'Souza. Hey Delton, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, it's great to be here. Great to be on the show. Thanks, Vanshu.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you here. Yeah, uh, first time I saw your videos on YouTube, <laughs> Muscle Mat TV, it was it was an amazing experience, and I was blown away actually <laughs> oh, to you. see someone in India making these kind of videos.
1: Oh, that's great. That means a lot.
0: Yeah. So uh, it reminded me of Casey Neistat, in fact, <laughs> <laughs> because the style he started yeah, uh, with, yeah. the blogs. with the vlogs, yeah, yeah. So so it reminded me of that. But I found that you put a lot more effort than Casey would. Into in a, the edits. In, into the edits. Yeah, that's true. So I was really, really uh, amazed with the amount of work which was put in into those ten minutes videos or the fifteen minutes videos. So I, I really love your work from there. Uh, so since uh, past few years, you have been working on your YouTube channel and creating all these amazing videos. That's right. Uh, and you have also uh, worked with brands as a director of, of photography. Yeah. So. Earlier, uh, we discussed on the pre-recording call, so you have mentioned that you have dipped your toes in various kind of careers. In a lot of fields, yeah. Yeah, in a lot of fields, and eventually you... uh, you came to something you really love, yes. which is creating content and very like creating video yeah. specifically and filming and director of photography, all those uh, yeah. very niche yeah. stuff which yeah. is there. So how did you make your way into that? Uh, was there any uh, defining point which which made you come into this kind of direction?
1: Well, not quite actually. In fact, if you asked me five years ago if I'd ever... Th- think about being a director or a DOP I would say no because I had no clue maybe even more than five I think six years Mm -hmm. ago and uh, it's very strange but very I mean I love it that it's happened because it just happened very organically um, I used to be, like, if you go way back, I started working in call centers. This is when you just get out of uh, college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then I moved on to being a cabin crew, was a cabin crew with uh, Jet Airways for almost five years. Wow. <laughs> and that was amazing because at that point in time, they started doing international flights and all. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you expand and uh, you get to see more of the world and you explore because of those things. So I kind of enjoyed my 20s. And then I wanted to do something different. So I, and I, I was always into fitness, very active. Uh, so I became a celebrity fitness trainer. The trainer happened, but then the celebrities just happened to come on because mm-hmm. of the work that I was doing. And it's so surprising because uh, one of my clients used to be a, a director of photography. Mm-hmm. He still is. He's in New York. And he's What's doing his a lot name? of work. His name is Vishal. 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 Um, I remember when I was training him, he I showed him one of my videos and he was like, he said, that's pretty good, you know? And I kept asking him questions about that. And he said, you you have an eye. So it was just that little thing that you have an eye, you know, something to do with the camera. And from there, I any which ways was gravitating towards doing more videos. I was making videos of my GoPro at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, this is really cool. You know, you can make like cool videos and stuff like that. And I think the learning process just started from there. It just went on and on. And I just kept learning more and more and more. Uh, you know, action cameras to then mirrorless, mirrorless then to, to cinema cameras and so on and so forth. And I started learning the editing part of it because I wanted to know everything about filmmaking, not just being behind the camera mm-hmm. or, you know, directing. I even wanted to know the edit part of it because if you can shoot a particular thing, it becomes easier when you go back to the edit stage and then you know exactly where you need to cut, where you need to put the sound in, where mm-hmm. you need to put the music, what music would fit in. So all Music of is things.
0: the largest part of any story, right?
1: To be honest, I think the sound, not just the music only, sound the cool. sound, because you could have a, a video with just the music and really cool footage. But if there's if you don't have those, those sounds inside that, something is missing. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn all of that also. But yeah, I'm just really glad that it happened very organically. And I've just loved it since then. So if you'd ask me, every day is a learning stage for me. So right now I've just invested in in huge camera gear because mm-hmm. I'm upping my production value. Right. A uh, cinema camera, right? <laughs> cinema camera, yeah. I just wow. got back from Hong Kong. I got some of my gear from there. I've, I mean, I've sourced it from a lot of places, but... Mm-hmm. I just know that this is something that I wanted to do because I've always had this thing that I would run around in the jungle or make my videos with a red in my hand. Mm -hmm. This is not a red, but trust me, it's almost as... No, in fact, it is better than a red, at least the starting two versions of it, you know? So I'm really happy that I have now a cinema camera and I'm upping my production value. But coming back to the question, yeah, this happened very organically and I'm really happy that it happened because I think sometimes you look for what you want to do in life, but it just doesn't turn up. And this just... Showed up right there, you know, saying, okay, man, I think this is something that I need to do. Let's just pursue it. And to be honest, having no knowledge about film, Hmm. having no knowledge about cameras. You've never been to the film school as well, right? Never been to a film school. Wow. (laughs) And I've done work with a lot of people till now. And I
0: think your editing work can shame some of them, like, who go to the school.
1: (laughs) Thank you, you're far too kind, but still... I would say that every day is a learning process. And mm-hmm. the fact that, that I've learned everything by myself just goes to show that anyone can learn anything. Yeah, You could go to a film school, pay a crap load of money, mm-hmm. or you could even learn at home because at the end of the day, learning happens from you. You have to be willing to learn. You can spend as much money as you want. But if you're not willing to learn for yourself, that process happens from within. You're not going to learn anything. Right. And I think if you have the... If you're leaning towards something that you really love, then the learning comes very easy. And I think this is something that I really love. I know that this is something I really love. So it just came very easy to me. And it's still coming to me because mm. I'm still learning. <laughs>
0: yeah, a I, 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 few days back, I, I think I saw one of your vlogs where you are telling about uh, how to create a video for YouTube. I thought you will be telling uh, about some technical stuff. Yeah. But then you, <laughs> you started telling about you should not contemplate about the things which you want to do. You actually should go and do it. Exactly. So I really loved that video from that perspective. Because
1: many people, what they do is they think, I mean, this is what I used to do initially. I would just take my camera and go out and shoot. Mm -hmm. I'd not have a plan in mind. I'd shoot, come back, and then sit on the edit. And for some, somehow, it just came to me. I'd put the pieces together like a jigsaw puzzle, Mm -hmm. put some music on it, put some sound on it, and it just clicked. But then later on, when you, when you, progress and when you move from to doing work with people then you need to make a script you need to you know storyboard your shots you need to know what lenses you're going to do you need to know the lighting Yeah. so all of this again was never taught to me but I learned it and I never shied away from learning things like this.
0: (laughs) So what was your uh, major source of learning by yourself?
1: I think it is the University of YouTube and Google
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow that's amazing. Yeah I think
1: YouTube is one of the best places to learn anything. Mm -hmm. It is free and I I believe that that's just like a boon for anything that you want to do in life today.
0: People, I think, uh, put content for free uh, on youtube yeah which is like pure gold
1: <laughs> exactly like you don't have to like film school yeah. level stuff is for free on youtube you yeah. know <laughs>
0: it's just mind-blowing like few years back you can't even imagine this kind of learnings you could get yeah absolutely on online absolutely yeah 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 so uh, as majority of your videos are uh, adventure videos and travel stuff yeah. so how did you uh, went into the direction of Uh, outdoor filming specifically because outdoor filming uh, requires a lot of resource and a lot of uh, efforts so how did you move was it also organic or how was it
1: i don't know this might seem a little cliched when i say this again but it just came organically Mm -hmm. like i think the one thing for me that is i think the root of everything is travel so since i was a crew I mean, since when I was a crew, there was a lot of traveling. Involved. Jet Airways. You know, right? Yeah, traveling yeah. from different mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. and even inside India. Mm-hmm. And when you, when I left Jet Airways, the travel aspect of it just completely... It remained. <laughs> because you're used to getting up every day and finding yourself in another country or another city. Wow. And then when you get up and you're in the same place, you're like, mm, okay, mm. I miss this. Now, what do we do? So, I started going out uh, for different hikes. I started going to different forts around Bombay and started filming those things. And I also took up running at that point in time. I started running a lot. I started it getting... It was a
0: few years back? I think,
1: yeah, about three,
0: three years back. Three anyway. years back. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I really loved it. I really loved running. Mm-hmm. And when I mix that with the outdoors, and I'm talking about trail running, that just become... That that actually became like a, like a drug for me, but like a good drug, like a good high, you know? Good
0: high. <laughs>
1: because you're just out there. Uh, it's just the trees. There's no proper road. They uh, yeah, are wild animals for sure, snakes yeah. and stuff like that. But it just engages the mind and it helps you focus a lot better. You know, I think that the city is a duvet, it's a, it's a comfort, it's a blanket, and uh, we just get too stuck in, in the rut, so to speak. You mm-hmm. know, because not many people go outside of the city and explore things. And if you just leave Mumbai, there's a lot to explore. Yeah. So I, we started doing these tracks. Me and a couple of my friends, um, Nitin, Adi, Imran we started doing these treks we started going to different places mm-hmm. you know we started delving into more places where people don't usually go and it became a fun thing and then when when i started filming it and then when i started making videos about it people started loving it they were like oh man wow this is really we need cool more let's go of this hype. <laughs> yeah, let's go and let's go and do some more of this stuff you know so wow so yeah that's how it, it basically just you know, transition to doing these things.
0: Basically, you are stripped down from your city life and Absolutely. you yeah. are sent into a, a natural human condition where, like in earlier times, hunters and gatherers were. Yeah like going into wilds and they were always alert and alarmed yeah
1: Yeah. so that's what i was saying right the city is is kind of like a comfort for us because everything we know we take for granted you want anything you just literally call for it today Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: the fitness aspect of it is like you have swiggy you have scootsy not not to say that they're bad things but we're getting everything sent to us yeah but when you're out there you're relying only on yourself and that's it and i love that Mm -hmm. It's going back to bare bones, you know. (laughs) True,
0: so true. And, uh, you have an amazing series as well on YouTube bike packing. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about it yeah. uh, because I've not seen anyone bike pack specifically and do YouTube in mm-hmm. India. So how has that experience been and uh, first of all for the audience who, who might not yeah. know can you define bike packing in a brief and then how you got started with it? Yeah.
1: So bike packing is basically very easy to understand. It's literally backpacking on a bike. It's literally just that because the only okay. thing is now your bags are not on your back, they're literally on your cycle on your bike, yeah, and you're cycling everywhere mm-hmm. and how we got in how I rather got into bike packing is uh Imran and Adi the other two uh guys who uh who we do this bike packing series with mm-hmm. I mean, my close friends um so Imran and Adi had done a few bike packing trips or other, they used to cycle a lot and they used to tell me, man, we really need to do this cycling, Mm -hmm. let's all do this, let's all do this and I said, man, sure, why not, you know, this is something different, let's try it and the minute we did the first one, which was Bombay to Goa, oh man I died in the first two days (laughs) because I have not cycled more than say 50 kilometers or 60 kilometers max and that was not at a pace at what we were doing paces in Bombay, Goa and especially in Bhutan Mm -hmm. with the inclines but the minute I started doing it, I was like, wow, this is an experience because you're not just cycling from one place to the other. You're exploring places of India that, or rather even Maharashtra, mm-hmm. which are just completely untouched, untouched. picturesque, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, the, the views that we got from Bombay to Goa, it reminded me of places like California, like wow. Los Angeles and stuff like that. And I was blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the thing that actually infuriated me about this also, you know, every coin has a heads and a tails. So there's <laughs> yeah. a good and a bad, was that every place that we went to, no matter how beautiful the beach was, no matter how remote the beach was mm-hmm. or the place was, we found trash, plastic and people leaving a lot of stuff behind. Oh, man. So, which kind of really saddened us because we're not... We, we The reason why we started bikepacking is also because it's ecological and economical. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no carbon footprint except for what you're breathing out. Yeah. And it's uh, a lot more fun when you do it with friends or even if you're doing it for yourself. And so that's that that's segueed into the bike packing two zero one, which is India to Bhutan, which has been we cycled we wow. just did that in november yeah
0: it it got launched on YouTube as well, yeah, right?
1: three episodes out already, yeah, yeah, and the main reason for that was because Bhutan is the only carbon negative country in the yeah, world, you know yeah. that's there are no other countries in the, the world happiest carbon. country happiest in country, in, country in the world. So, when, I'm, when we were doing research about Bhutan, we thought, okay, man, everyone is saying it's the happiest place in the world, happiest place in the world. But at some point, you really feel like, is it really though? <laughs> but when you go there, trust me, it is everything that they say and then some. Mm-hmm. I've never seen people so happy and friendly. Mm-hmm. The food is so delicious and, oh, man, the air is so clean. You can just... Wow. When we came back to India, we were like, oh, man, now we can smell Everything because <laughs> we come back through uh, this. Uh, what is this place called? Oh man, I'm forgetting the name of Bayuk. So it's Funchling. Is is the border? Uh, is on the other side of India mm-hmm. and Jagao. Okay. Because you exit India from Jhagao, and well, it's not a very clean place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand they have got a lot of people coming in and out from there and going there, but it's not a very clean place. I I would say that it's very polluted also. Mm-hmm. And that place is very beautiful because West Bengal, Calcutta is very beautiful. And you know, you have the T-Estates because when we were cycling on the way, there were a lot of tea estates It's so clean, so pretty. But yeah, Jaigang was not that pretty. But when you cross the border, and this is a fact, I'm not just saying this, you know, when you cross the border, it is instantly clean. Mm-hmm. You go a little up the mountain, there's fresh air and you can see green and you can smell the difference. You know, that's how beautiful <laughs> it is. But wow. yeah, that, that segued into Bikepacking 201. And now we have Bikepacking 301. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't tell you where that's going to be. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, but it's it's going to be an international one again. Wow, so, amazing. Yeah.
0: And uh, as you mentioned about climate change yeah. and you saw plastic and garbage, yeah. even on the remote places, which were seemingly untouched. So as you are going to do Bikepacking 301, so is there anything which you're trying to Do or accomplish uh, so that you can inspire people to uh, think about climate change and uh, get on that mission along with you guys.
1: So bikepacking when it first started off was just to show people that you can actually cycle distances with your friends instead of taking a car, a train or a flight. Yeah. Although yes, we did take a flight from uh, Bombay to Siliguri, but then that whole trip that we did, we did on our cycles. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were some parts in the in Bhutan where you could not cycle. So you it's now unfortunately we could not cycle. We wanted to cycle and do the whole thing. But there are you have to abide by the laws of the country also. So if yeah. they say you can't cycle there, don't can't. do it. You know, don't don't do something that the country does not allow. So yeah. we had to do we abided by the rules, we did everything by the rules. This whole series, I didn't get to shoot any drone footage mm-hmm. because uh, when we went to get our permits, there was a board over there which says drone um, flying is not allowed unless you have a permit, and they would not give permits to anyone and everyone. Plus, my our guide that was there said, "Look, if you do that, you know you'll get away with the footage, but I'll get caught." Hmm. So I didn't want to do all of that. I don't want to put someone else in in, in trouble. Danger, you know, yeah. yeah. So we didn't. I didn't fly my drone even once even though I had it with me which yeah. I felt really bad because the views it would have been my, really amazing <laughs> the views I mean when you look, like okay for example Tiger, Tiger's Nest Taksang mm-hmm. Monastery mm-hmm. you see a lot of pictures you see a lot of video of the place mm-hmm it does not do justice to what you would see with your eyes. It is beautiful and then some. (laughs) So yeah, we abided by all the rules. So coming to uh, what we were saying about, again, Bikepacking 101 was to show people that you can actually cycle distances. Bikepacking 201 was showing people that, you know, you can be ecologically conscious, you can be environmentally conscious Mm -hmm. and reduce your carbon footprint. Like to give you an example, for Bikepacking 101, we used 100 bottles of water. Now we felt really bad about this because because at times we did not know where to drink water from yeah and you have to have water because you're cycling so much and in bombay to goa we were under the sun for a long time mm. so you're getting dehydrated you're losing your salts you have to replenish them we felt really bad so what we did is for the bhutan trip we reduced our you know a bottle of water consumption i mean at least the bottles that we purchased from 100 which was in 7 days we used 100 for 101 for the 14 days that we went, we did only 41 bottles of water. Mm-hmm. Wherever we could, we filled our bottles of water. So in restaurants and places like that, we actually filled our bottles of
0: water. So wow. that was a
1: huge reduction of, you know, bottles that were used.
0: So from 100, 100 plus bottles, you came down to... Just 41. What, 41. 41 wow. bottles, that's, that's it. Amazing. And
1: that was four people. Last
0: time we were three people. Just by thinking about it, right? Just
1: by thinking about it, right. Mm-hmm. And also with our... with our In the hotels that we stayed, so we had Le Meridian as one of our stay partners. Mm-hmm. Now, every hotel room has plastic bottles of water. Yeah. We actually called them and said that, you know, can you give us glass bottles? And people should do this because the the hotels can actually do it for you. They actually sent us glass bottles of water every day mm-hmm. that we were staying there. So we didn't use any of the plastic bottles there, you know. So environmentally conscious. It's a Yes, at the start, it's going to be a little uh, troubling for you to get into that rut of asking for these things. But yeah. you have to do your part, you know, because we only have one world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if someone is contemplating about bike packing yeah. uh any advice you would like to give to them who are just beginner and aspiring to do the same
1: Yeah um it's actually very easy just start cycling mm-hmm. and uh get yourself a, a a good enough bike you don't have to have the best bikes get a, get yourself a good enough bike and just start cycling practice do at least 3 rides in a in a week because when you're doing bikepacking, you're cycling distances and you're not just cycling, but you also have bags on your cycle. So there's additional weight on your cycle. So what you would do, say, maybe 40 kilometers, if you do in a day with that weight, then, you know, you'd have to maybe reduce it by another 10 or 12 kilometers. But we didn't do that. We actually just kept pushing, kept pushing because we saw the views and we were like, oh, man, we can't <laughs> stop, you know. So we were doing 100K a day. Yeah. And this is up pretty much a lot of incline so in bhutan there are we did chilela pass mm-hmm. which is uh which is one of the highlights of our trip yeah which i feel is an accomplishment in itself because usually what people do is they at least people that go there to uh, bhutan they take the car and they take their bikes all the way up to chilela pass which mm-hmm. is
0: 3988 meters
1: wow so now you are definitely going to feel that the lack of oxygen in the air mm-hmm. you know the air is thin just now,
0: touching half the mount everest i think <laughs> yeah you <laughs> right? could say
1: that yeah and uh, so we actually finished this three of us started uh Adi and me made it to the top now this is what happens and this is a real life lesson for for all of us imran was literally the third guy imran he was literally 10 kilometers away from the from the end you know it was a 36 kilometer ride all the way up He was 10 kilometers away from the top of Chalela Pass. Mm -hmm. He had to turn back because he started getting uh, very dizzy. He -hmm. started getting, you know, lack of oxygen. He could feel it. He could feel something wrong was happening. Mm -hmm. So he actually turned back down. And, you know, he then made all his way back all the way down so that he could get some air, get something to eat.
0: And, and you recover. guys were still up there.
1: We just pedaled through, we pushed through because we were like, okay, we're almost there. So we pushed through and we accomplished Chilela Pass in six hours, six minutes on cycles. Wow. Which was. From, from where? From uh, from Le Meridian, which is in Paro. We okay. started off from there and we cycled all the way up to Chilela Pass. So it's wow. 36 kilometers. Wow. And uh, 1,800 <laughs> some meters of incline.
0: Wow. So it was
1: crazy because you're already at altitude. Paro is at 2,200 meters. Yeah. So you're already at altitude. And the, the cold didn't make it very easy. It was very cold. Air
0: must be very thin, right? Very
1: thin. And so this is what happens. When you're cycling, you're sweating. Mm-hmm. You're in the sun, it's okay. But the minute you hit the shade, you feel the breeze and you're sweating at the same time. So you feel that chill down your spine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Wow, that's uh, amazing. Basically, you are telling... Uh, if somebody is contemplating about yeah. this yeah. they should not directly go to the mountains but of course they should start training on bikes first of all for Absolutely. two three days a week so then besides
1: yeah. that also like do some strength training because mm-hmm. uh, it's not easy to cycle up mountains yeah um because there's a lot of inclines and you have to keep pedaling you know your your ass is going to hurt your quads <laughs> are going to burn you're going to feel hungry thirsty but when you but but with bike packing, what you can do is you can reduce the amount of distance you're traveling. So recently, there was a bunch of guys who actually did Bombay Goa, and it's really really cool that they actually did it. So he's he saw the first one on one video, and he said, you know, we're contemplating doing this thing, and when you when we saw the video that you did. We are now ready to do it, and he just did it in, in Jan in the start. Yeah, of we discussed
0: about this. <laughs> yeah, and they
1: did it, and they were tagging me in all the posts. Now, so happy that they that there are people now taking up the bike. Getting packing.
0: inspired by that,
1: absolutely, and. I feel the more people start doing this they'll realize man I can save money and travel and have a good time you know (laughs) and explore explore parts of of Maharashtra India which is so nice and so tucked in you know in, in places with really good food good people and locations which I think you know, need to be filmed. And that's exactly why I like doing bikepacking, is another thing, is because you get to film this. Right. You know, it's raw, uncut, right there.
0: <laughs> but how's the um, danger level, basically, if you are traveling distances? If, let's say you were three people, right? So if yeah. somebody, maybe a couple, is traveling yeah. on this kind of bikepacking tour, so is it dangerous it's to n- travel?
1: It's not dangerous. You just need to be mindful mm-hmm. that, okay, so bikepacking usually is not on much on the highways. You're actually yeah. taking the routes inside. Yeah, you don't bike pack or cycle in the night. Yeah, unless you have like a follow follow car and yeah. you have enough light on you. Mm-hmm. that's only for because, let's be honest, there are, there are leopards. Yeah, yeah it's the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, like we've like Adi, Imran, and me when we cycle in Nasik we once went with just two lights on our cycles and we were cycling and Nasik. we were scared because Nasik, there are a lot of leopards, you yeah. know, So <laughs> we were sticking close to each other, cycling. but there's a thrill to that also. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, otherwise it's pretty, pretty safe. In fact, there are a lot of couples who have actually cycled from Bombay mm-hmm. to Goa. There are a lot of people who've done Ladakh, Leh, mm-hmm. Manali, you wow. know, there are a lot of solo bike packers also yeah. in India, guys and men and women. You know, so it's just that these people don't document it. And so people don't know about it. But we've done a lot of research. We've Googled a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have done it. It's pretty much safe. Just be very aware of the sites and the surroundings. And you'll mm-hmm. know exactly when it's safe and when it's not safe.
0: Yeah, Probably respect the locals as well. Like while you're moving and like try food from there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, When yeah. we were
1: on the way from Bombay to Goa, for Goa, we stopped at every village and we were trying the food. Like... If you think uh, what are those mangoes? Uh, Ratna where, like, Ratna mangoes. Ratnagiri mangoes are <laughs> yeah. cool. You should try Devgarh mangoes.
0: got mangoes Man, are really really wow. good. Wow, <laughs> I've he, had that. <laughs> like
1: organic, and so when we were this one place where they cook food, it's a restaurant. So they mm-hmm. actually cook the food and they give it to you to you know like literally from from the kitchen to the table. Yeah. So we were talking to the owner of the restaurant and he was telling us the difference between the Ratnagiri mango and the Devgurt mango and the soil
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: fact that they don't use any pesticides and chemicals, chemicals and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Man, you could taste the difference in the in the food. So that's another aspect of bread packing. It's, <laughs> it's, wow, it's delicious.
0: Right. <laughs> and uh, out of all the videos that you have shot till now, yeah. Specifically, vlogs. Yeah. Uh, Is there any uh, particular one which was really scary to shoot? Any specific video coming to mind? There
1: was. There was. We, Imran and me, um, went to film Sajid, who's the who's one of the only, I think, or maybe is the only, civilian base jumper in India.
0: Base jumper. Base jumper. So
1: base jumping is basically jumping off cliffs,
0: (laughs) bridges. Wow. You know (laughs) places
1: which are very low altitude, but and the fact that you just have one parachute, you wow. don't have a reserve parachute. So if that parachute d- does not does deploy, not <laughs> does not deploy, does get, you know, there's something caught up in between it, there's a very high likelihood of you just falling straight splat to the ground. Oh so anyway, just coming back to when we were filming Sajid, uh, we went to Ahmednagar. Nagar. We met up with uh, a paramotorist pilot, mm-hmm. uh, Vijay. What is paramotorism? So paramotoring is basically, it's like, um, you have a parachute mm-hmm. with, um, with a motor at the back and it's connected to this mach- this vehicle, which is three wheels. Ah, I got it. Got yeah. It. You know? Yeah. yeah. So we, before we, before he, fl- he could jump, we had to do like a recce to kind of mm. see the area mm. and stuff like that. So I went, he went up to do the recce first because he's the base jumper. Mm-hmm. He needs to know at what altitude he's going to jump, whether yeah. it's easy, where he's going to jump from. Yeah. So, he came back down. Then I went up because I wanted to see... <laughs> I actually just wanted to get on the paramotor and see how cool it looks from up there. It was scary for me strapped in. Like, it is scary but it's fun. So, I was filming it and I was like, wow, this is Adrenaline really cool. rush. Yeah, the adrenaline rush is just completely insane. But when... Because you have to understand this does not have wings. So, when there's little turbulence, you'll see the whole thing move and you're like, whoa, the seatbelt's <laughs> the only thing that's keeping me on this thing, you know? Wow. So, and it was... I came down, then Imran went up. He also got like a few shots. Now it comes time for um, Sajid Sajid to jump. I I kept telling Sajid, check your bag. Check your parachute. Check your parachute. I think I must have told him at least about 20 times, please check, make sure that your parachute is... 100% (laughs) safe you know and he's like yeah D I've checked it I've checked it I was like I'm sorry man you're jumping but I'm the one who's filming this I do not want to film something I don't want to see I just
0: remembered the the recent uh, Oscar winning documentary uh, Free Solo Jimmy Chin yeah, yeah Jimmy Chin yeah so he also had a similar very much similar uh, thing going on because yeah, you're uh, selling Alex penis, yeah Alex yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he said if if you fall through exactly I can't do anything and it will be the most regretful thing of my life
1: yeah because you're there and you can't do much about it you know yeah. you're just there and you're just witnessing something on foot <laughs> so the the first time he goes up I was like man just please deploy Imran was like just deploy the shoot everything should go and you know completely proper and 100% safe mm-hmm. and then when he jumps and then you see that parachute open. You're like, wow, okay, done. <laughs> he comes back down. Then he's like, D, I think like, we should do it again. I was like, yeah, I mean, you sure? Because doing it twice? He's like, yeah, why not? And the paramotors, the vijay, was like, yeah, you can do it again. I was like, fine, dude, it's up mm-hmm. to you, man. It's your call. You're the mm-hmm. one jumping. Again, I kept asking him, please check your shoot. Please check your shoot. Imran went up and, bro, are you sure your shoots completely prepped and proper? He's like, yes, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point in time, there was something called there's something called a thermal which picked up. And it picked up about 200 meters away from us. It's there in the video that you that I've shot. Mm-hmm. A thermal is kind of like when you have high and low uh, pressures happening. It kind of looked, in fact, it looked like a tornado happening right 200 meters away from us. Wow. And this happened when they were up in the sky. Mm-hmm. So they had to move away from it because if the paramotor or, the, or Sajid got caught into it, it would just spin them around and throw them, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's a complete danger. He jumped, and this time he jumped from, I think, 4,000 feet.
0: Wow. So he
1: was in the air for a very long time, which is another thing which should not have happened but luckily he knows how to manage with all these things mm-hmm. he was in the air for a very long time finally when he reached the ground we were like oh man this was a crazy day
0: <laughs> uh, my heart stopped beating. <laughs> exactly and
1: so you just wait for that person to just touch the ground because yeah. you're like okay now we can pack this thing up you said go. about
0: tornado I thought he might have got no, no, no no
1: no so that thermal was literally yeah. away and it mm-hmm. didn't didn't come any closer I don't mm-hmm. know how that works but Thank it was in God. that one big place it was a very tall but very high up hmm So, yeah, I think that was one of the only times where I was really scared to shoot because I was like, there's someone's life. And this was just us doing it, you know. We had no sponsors. There was was no no sponsor? No sponsors, no TV coverage. It was just us shooting it, you know. Wow.
0: (laughs) That's brave, man.
1: Just creative people going to do some creative, crazy stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And... uh So you do a lot of editing to your work, right, Um, where you put a lot of good effects and all that nice stuff. So is there any ritual or is there any creative process while you get into the edits any specific things you might be doing?
1: Yeah, so the thing is I've edited so many videos mm-hmm. like right now. And that's that's when I was telling you, remember I said, if I'm shooting it, I know exactly what I'm going to do in the edit. Yeah. It's because I think what's happened is over the years, I've shot so much that it comes naturally to me that I see a shot, I know exactly where it's going to go, how I'm going to use it. And again, this only comes once you keep doing it. It's like repetition again mm-hmm. and again and again. So everyone says, oh, you're very, you're very talented. I feel that the talent is something that you build because of the skill that you're consistently using all the time. Then it becomes like a talent. You're not just born with something and you just pick up a camera and you say, hey, I'm talented. No, you actually do it a lot again and again. So with the edit process also, if you see my videos from way back when, I think when I look at it right now, I'm like, oh man, did I really make those kind of edits? But then again, (laughs) I'm actually good. I have that on my channel because then you can see the progress that I've made and it shows that you have to start from somewhere. That's really inspiring
0: those videos specifically uh, where you are telling about the process and uh, showing people how not to contemplate about it, but really do it. That's only when you will get good at it.
1: Yeah. You can have the best cameras, the best system, but if you're not going out there and shooting something, then you're wasting that time and that uh, gear that you have with you. you You're not doing justice to it.
0: Yeah. And do you have any uh, particular memory of any failure, any favorite failure, uh, so to speak, which might have led to a stepping stone Uh, for your later success? Maybe something you failed on and then later on it became a really good lesson?
1: Um, Fail, yeah. I've failed a lot of times. (laughs) But I've never, I guess I've never looked at it like that. I've Mm -hmm. always looked at it as like, man, shit, this didn't happen. Okay, what do we do next? Okay, yeah. For example, when I was wanting to do 101, bikepacking 101, Mm -hmm. um, obviously you have to approach brands and stuff like that. And, People don't actually get to to know about this, but when you're approaching brands, get ready to be shot down a lot, you know, because people will say no. Mm-hmm. And especially to kind of show someone that this is something that you're conceptualizing and you're trying to make into an IP, which is now IP, mm-hmm. you know, you have, people are going to say no a lot, but I never took no as a, oh, it's not, never going to happen. Yeah. We've got a we got Trek, which is one of the best cycle brands in the world, yeah. to be our sponsor. Wow! <laughs> you know we got other brands to be a part of that. So it just takes persistence, and I guess I never look as you know as as a failure as a as a closed door. I will try and see what other doors open, mm-hmm. and I also think that this is something that I think a lot of people should not do, especially is for their kids. Is that when they fail in something, it doesn't make them a failure. They just failed in that, you know, at that that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a failure. They're not a failure. Like I've failed in school a lot of times. (laughs) I mean, not a lot of times. Okay. That would be an exaggeration. But I remember that many, at least in my time, many people looked at like, shit, he's a failure. You know, he failed Mm. in this. I think people should not do that to their children because it actually uh, makes them look down on themselves. In fact, you should encourage them to say, hey, it's only just, one thing you failed and try it again no problem you in know, orthodox
0: st- families i think uh, in india yes, it, specifically it, it we still a- have still that it still happens yeah that, it still happens yeah. but now things are changing changing probably. a bit yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm i hope so and i really i really do hope so because that's the way you can actually you know shoot down a child's creativity which you shouldn't
0: mm-hmm. but
1: yeah i guess that's that's something that i don't look at as failures i don't look at failure as hey man it's never going to happen because if it if it never happened i would never had 201 and i would have never been even <laughs> you know being able to move on to 301 now i dropped out of of college so i was like man this is not something that i want to do
0: yeah and and, and here you are yeah. like <laughs> a rock star <laughs> i mean yeah okay you far know, too kind again <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, I've seen many people. Uh, there is a uh, there is a New York based uh, filmographer, uh, Sarah Dichi. Okay. Probably you might have seen yeah, her blogs yeah, as well. Ditchie, yeah. So she's also a dropout. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no, and even
1: Casey that's a Casey's dropout. Casey is a dropout.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. No, but no, no. Once again, I'm not saying that you should drop out of school because yeah. yeah, you know, or college or whatever it is. I just felt at that point in time, it's not something that. I wanted to pursue, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm also not preaching about like dropping yeah, out yeah. of school because I have also completed my degree. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the thing is, if you want to do something which is available via online mediums as well, yeah. and uh, for academics, probably your parents might not be having some money yeah. and you are taking debt to get into yeah, the school. Yeah. So you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You that's, can that's a lot of study debt on online, them. right? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a
1: lot of debt on them. A lot of that. And that brings me to this point also is that you could go to the best schools, you could go to the best colleges, mm-hmm. but that doesn't guarantee you success in life. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you learn a lot in school and colleges. And and I, to this day, I, yeah, I wish I maybe finished my college. Mm-hmm. But you have to know what you do after you get out of college, you know, because yeah. you don't just get successful by going to school and college. Otherwise, everyone would be successful. Not that I'm saying that everyone's job, you know, is, you know there's a discrepancy in what job you do and what job I do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a person sweeping the road or job is a job, it has to get done. There's no menial job, you know. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's your hustle and no one's paying for your food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Here is a quick word from the sponsors of this episode. For you, the listeners of Lifestyle Architecture Lab podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial. The free audiobook is yours to keep even after the trial ends. I have a few audiobooks to recommend. Number one is Sapiens A Brief History of Humankind. This is one of those books which will take you back to the ancient times and teach you so much. I recently read it and it just blew my mind. Number two is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. This is one of the greatest bedtime books which I discovered. Neil Gaiman's voice just makes this book much more wonderful. This story and the narration is just amazing. You can download any of these two books or thousands more for free right now. Just go to audibletrial.com slash himanshu sasteva. Again, that's audibletrial.com himanshu sasteva for your free audiobook. Please enjoy. Uh, coming to some personal questions, uh, yeah. how does your typical day look like uh, every day when you're editing?
1: So if it's for a job, then obviously you have to go through the whole process of making treatment note, which is a director's treatment note. So I, I dabble between being a director and a DOP depending on what the job you know requires of me. Mm-hmm. So... If you're a director, then you need to make a director's treatment note. Now, again, these are the things that I had to learn. And thank you to Google and YouTube, you know, best universities <laughs> to learn from. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to then script that thing to show them what it's going to look like. And mm-hmm. after that, you got to get into a pre-production meeting. You have to sit with the clients, explain that to them. Then you got to sit and then you got to make a short list mm-hmm. showing exactly how the shot's going to look, what... Mm-hmm. Camera you're going to use, what lens you're going to use. I mean, you know the the field of view, etc., all of that. Then you got to know the lighting that's going to be used, all of that. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the shoot. Then you have your shoot day. You have different departments. You got to deal with all of that. That is the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. The hard part is the editing, <laughs> because the edit work, no matter how you show it in the pre-production meeting. A client's a client. They're going to have a lot of changes in the end. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to spend a lot of time. So much
0: back and forth.
1: And hours. So Mm -hmm. you have to understand that there are a lot of hours. There have been, so on a recent project that I did, I did 10 videos. I shot for Flipkart, Condé Nast, and Vogue. Mm -hmm. I would spend in a day about 15 hours editing. Wow. And I think I did about 14 days of editing. Oh my God, yeah. so much less sleep. So, <laughs> yes, and it's a lot of back and forth. But then again, it's something that you want to do, right? This is a job that you signed up for. Yeah. So this is this is the this is what comes with it. Yeah, you have a reward, but there's something that you need to do for that reward. And that's yeah. the work. Yeah. And that's the grind. So you have to accept it. You have to be, you know, it is a part of the job that you've taken on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and days when I'm not doing work, which is, you know, paid jobs and stuff like that, I'm learning like even right now with the cinema gear and everything that I have, I have to learn a lot more than what I know because it's moving to a completely different ecosystem. There's no autofocus. You know, you're pulling focus manually. You mm-hmm. you have a whole rig set up. You have batteries. You have... Uh, it's it's a lot. It's very a lot very Very complex. But it is fun. Mm-hmm. Like I have never been so, in you know, in thrilled <laughs> to be learning so much. So yeah, every day, I get up, learn something. And then obviously focus on building up the ip which is bike bikepacking
0: mm-hmm.
1: i want to take this to an ott platform and that is the next wow. stage so because we want to take this internationally we want to be doing this in every country mm-hmm. bikepacking is something might that might be new to a lot of it's not new there are a lot of people that know about it but compared to the people that don't know about it i think that's even huge mm-hmm. so we want to take this and Abroad, like for example, in Europe, in America, bikepacking is huge. Huge. You know, it's huge. People love doing these things. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about people like who, you know, who have who would say in the mid tier money, you know, that I mean, uh, like I would say CEOs, you know, people yeah. who are making big Make- money, mucho dinero, as they say. Yeah. They were doing bikepacking because wow. they love it. It's a thrill, you know. Yeah. That means you could have the best ways of traveling like business class and stuff like that but you would still gravitate towards something like a cycle and bags and a cycling exploring Mm. so it's for everyone so yeah i want to take this to an odd platform and get it to a larger audience odd
0: platform means like netflix or something like that
1: yeah netflix prime video Hotstar. but then there are a lot of different uh, other places also like you know different apps like Voot and all these other yeah, places yeah, also yeah, yeah. Yeah. because my whole it doesn't matter to me where it goes as long as it's just getting out to people because mm. I think that that's my prime focus to get it more visibility because we I have noticed that on the YouTube channel when we've put at least for the last three videos every comment every message that I've got has been man I can't believe it that you have that we've created such content but the views are not there yeah or Uh, you know we can't understand that why is it at maybe five point six thousand subscribers yeah so some of them message me and say hey man maybe you should you know um maybe you should start speaking in hindi or should maybe do it in marathi and and i'm completely open to those things Mm -hmm. it's just that my hindi is not that good Mm -hmm. okay and my marathi gets me only through different (laughs) villages from villages asking for direction and food and stuff like (laughs) that so Uh, I mean, I'm not completely against doing that. In fact, because I know there are a lot of
0: audiences. Maybe you should uh, take some celebrity along with you on when bikepacking. Now now you're
1: getting into a place which I can't uh, (laughs) (laughs) discuss. (laughs) Okay. Maybe for the future, you know. You might just never know who might be bikepacking with us. Wow. So there are a lot of plans. Yeah. So (laughs) that's that's exactly why we want to get to an OTT platform.
0: Mm, Amazing. So uh, as you are a vegan as well, and uh, we haven't been into that direction yet uh, in the podcast, but uh, how does your meal plan for a day look like while you are being a vegan? And uh, as you are traveling a lot, like more than a usual human being. so, (laughs) So how do you plan for that in your travel?
1: So when I'm in Bombay, India is the best place to be vegan. Indian food is vegan if you remove the ghee dairy bar, and the like ghee. dairy. Right, yeah. right. Everything is vegan about it. Well, so I recently was in Hong Kong. In mm-hmm. fact, I just got back yesterday. Yeah. Last night. Now, people have this thing that oh man, you go to these places in China, close to China, and Asian countries like that, you're gonna have a huge problem being vegan. Mm-hmm. That is completely wrong. You'll have a not so easy time finding the food, but you will find food. I was eating vegan the last three days in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. No problem.
0: There are good places in Hong Kong?
1: I'm actually missing the vegetables, stir-fry vegetables. Any specific
0: place you would like to recommend?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's so many. Just Google it. Trust me. So even in the places that serve meat and stuff like that, you just need to tell them vegetarian. Okay, don't say vegan because chances are they're not going to know what vegan is. So you Mm. say, start off with vegetarian. Say you can only eat vegetables. No fish sauce, no egg. Because in vegetarian food there, they put fish sauce, they put egg. They consider that as a vegetarian. You need to be very specific. Yeah. You just have to tell them that. And I love the stir-fry vegetables that they make with burnt garlic sauce. And then I'm salivating right now. (laughs) The fried rice without the egg. The noodles. I had some Japanese food, which was amazing. I was like, man, people, it being vegan is now easy. It's twenty twenty, you know, <laughs> and there are a couple of vegan restaurants in Hong Kong also.
0: Is there any v- vegetarian sushi as well? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, there's vegan sushi. there's vegan sushi, <laughs> wow. yeah, uh, so basically it's the it's like a mock meat, you know that yeah, you get, yeah, but yeah. it's mock very eat. delicious, yeah. yeah. And you just need to know exactly what you want. And it's not, not hard being vegan at all. This is 2020. There's no reason you can't be vegan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your reason? Uh, why you started uh, like having vegan diet?
1: So it's been almost six years now since I'm vegan. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I think nine months prior to that, I was
0: vegetarian.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was a full-on meat eater. Full mm-hmm. disclosure, I used to eat a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of meat, eggs, fish, all of that, like a mm-hmm. heavy meat eater. And then I decided one day, I said, let's try vegetarianism, you know. Let's what see. inspired you? I just said, no, let's try it. One day suddenly. Just, yeah, <laughs> let, let's try it. I was like, fine, there's no problem, man. I'm pretty cool with it. Then mm-hmm. I started doing more research about veganism, you mm-hmm. know. And I noticed that you don't actually need all of these things. In fact, these things deter you from actually attaining like I'm into fitness a lot. So I was doing a lot of, you know, um, calisthenics and stuff like that. Yeah, And I started noticing the more I started cutting off the meat, the more I cut off the dairy products and stuff like that. And when I switched to veganism, mm-hmm. man, I started seeing gains. This is when I used to do a lot of calisthenics. And then when I started getting into more of the adventure sports and the outdoor activities like trail running and cycling and all of that, I started noticing that my recovery times were much faster. Mm-hmm. I was getting leaner you know, Mm -hmm. shedding off some excess fat in places that you didn't need. Mm -hmm. My sleep was better. I was recovering from my workouts much better. I was training much harder. I could do distances much better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I've never felt so good in my life before. And I was like, obviously, there's an ethical aspect to it also. Um, Between me and my fiance, we have three dogs and two cats. Wow. Now, (laughs) how can you love one animal, but pay for the slaughter of another animal you know like everyone like uh, if you see people they'd be like oh it's a little pig it's so cute
0: and they're eating (laughs) vegan
1: but yeah and that's the thing which brings me again (laughs) to the other part of it many people go to clean up the beaches to save the fish but they go to a restaurant in order of the same fish that they stop from Mm. the plastic you know so there's there's kind of like a dichotomy over there but Mm. uh, yeah it's very easy being vegan and I'm not saying hey you know because I'm vegan do it yeah you can't force someone into being vegan you have to True. make it a choice it's a choice True. that you make i would never force anyone to be vegan it's your choice and that's the way we all are
0: mm-hmm. you know you yeah. either
1: do it or you don't but these are the things that happen when you're not vegan <laughs>
0: yeah 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 Uh i mean i also i'm friends with amit and uh, monica Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's how i actually got uh exposed to your stuff as okay. well and uh while I was like interacting with them earlier and they both have been on the podcast as well. Okay. Uh, so after that, I, I sort of, I thought, let me experiment with this, uh, this diet. Yeah. But uh, what happened with me was uh, my purpose was not defined yeah. as compassion, yeah. right? And I was like, just looking at it from the diet perspective, mm. which was, which is not the right way to look at it, I think. So I for 4 months I did that and I became vegan mm. but suddenly because I was I went into it unprepared like mm. uh I was having a shared kitchen at home where dairy was also being okay. uh being prepared and yeah. other things so after four months my like vitamin D levels. Your vitamin and, um, D and your B twelves. So and all this stuff yeah. it started like dropping down suddenly and I was like, Whoa, what's happening so your to me?
1: B twelve levels actually doesn't actually also it's not even even meat eaters for that matter, your B twelve levels not necessarily are all there because yeah. you need to do a little more research about B twelve. So yeah. B twelves you definitely need like a vitamin supplement. Yeah. Which I actually don't take and it's surprising. I'm not taking any D3 and B12 for a very long time, but I'm still doing pretty good. I just eat a lot Hmm. of food, vegetables and everything, a lot of fruits. I eat a lot of fruits.
0: But what uh, vegan food might be like giving that?
1: Uh, A lot of dark green leafy vegetables. See, B12 also comes from, if I'm not mistaken, from
0: or something like that uh
1: no i'm forgetting the right word for it but if you just google it yeah, right, yeah, yeah yeah and the the so the best way to do this if you feel that you're actually you know i mean which a lot of people are not very b12 you know high you know proper doses of b12 yeah. just get a b12 supplement like a vegan True. b12 yeah. supplement even a vegan d3 supplement yeah just take one as per whatever is required mm-hmm. and you're good to go you mm-hmm. know and just eat a lot of good food man good like indian food like it's already vegan the best food in the world for me is dal roti chawal uh, achar and (laughs) papar and some sabzi that's it that's That's the best food for me that's what i'm eating from past 30 years (laughs) that is the best food in the world i would love Mm. i I eat that food every day
0: yeah (laughs) yeah so uh taking a segue from food uh meditation so do yeah. you do any kind of meditation or mindfulness practice
1: absolutely not <laughs> so what i do do or rather <laughs> what i do do what i do is for me my meditation is when i go to the wilderness ah. when i go climb a mountain mm-hmm. when i go cycling when i go you know into the jungle to film it's just nature i think nature is something that just just completely calms you down. I think that's that's the disconnect that most of us have. We don't go out to nature more. And it's scientifically proven that when, you, when a person is taken to the wilderness, it actually calms you down. Mm-hmm. It makes you more centered, more focused. And I think that's... So when I don't go out of the city for more than two weeks... I called my friends and said, okay, we need to go out. We need to go out this weekend. (laughs) So they just went out this weekend to Shulgarh. And I was like, man, you had to do it on the day that I was landing. So he's like, you can come straight from the flag. I said, no, (laughs) I barely got any sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I was recently reading a book uh, named Why We Sleep. Uh, yeah. from matt walker okay. he's a phd in sleep science <laughs> okay and uh, from there i picked up a lot of things like he said he he scientifically proved how sleep is more important than uh like uh, physical activity yeah uh, it is. so so sometimes when uh, i can go for a run in the morning but i have compromised on the sleep, sleep the, on the last night that yeah that's so, right
1: even even because what you're doing is you're actually breaking down a muscle when you do any activity yeah you know but the rebuilding of the fibers only happen when you rest and when you have while you sleep exactly while you sleep and while you have enough and while you have enough nutrition in your body Mm -hmm. so yeah sleep is a huge thing we love I mean I love (laughs) sleeping I'm saying we because we're talking about packing, because all we did is recycle and then go to sleep
0: (laughs) yeah true so uh, are there any apps, gadgets, uh, product or services you use on a regular basis? Of course, there are a lot, many, but any specific uh, things you would like to mention which make your life as an editor Easy. better?
1: Yeah, I use Lightroom a lot for my pictures. Mm-hmm. Lightroom and then obviously Instagram because that's where you're posting it to. But besides that, other apps, I don't quite use much apps. Yes, yeah, Spotify and Amazon, not sponsored. <laughs> 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 but yeah, for music, because I think music is a huge part of anything that I do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just sets the tempo for anything, whether it be running, whether it just be focusing on something, and trying to get the work done. I think music is a huge part of it. But besides that, yeah, I think these are the only few apps that I actually use a lot.
0: Which is the video editing software you use. Of ah, course, you mentioned yeah. that, uh, of course, your the, intention is the more yeah. important thing, but I, of course, uh, yeah,
1: I've been asked this question a <laughs> lot and I keep evading this question. <laughs> a lot and there's a reason why I keep evading this question is because okay so there are only three major things that people use Final Cut Adobe Premiere Pro and DaVinci
0: yeah
1: right I mean the three you have Sony Vegas you have all these other things you can get the result on any of this right to get the videos that I make (laughs) (laughs) so I would say I'm using Adobe Pro Final Cut DaVinci (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow So <laughs> mix of things.
1: I use everything <laughs> Wow <laughs>
0: okay. so uh, another question I would like to ask you is, is there any person uh, or a mentor, uh, so to speak, in your field uh, who inspired you to become the person you are today?
1: i to be honest, I don't. I know it it sounds really weird that I don't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I look at people's work. And I'm inspired by it, but there's a, there's a flaw in having a mentor. There's a kind of flawed aspect of having a mentor also, Mm -hmm. right? Because when you have a mentor, you look up at that person. Now you have to understand that those people are also human beings, which means they make mistakes in life. And when people find out that, you know, that this person who is their mentor did something like this there's a sense of betrayal that comes with it. And I've seen many people say that to me in conversation. Shit, I used to look up to him, you know, Mm. and I can't believe that he did something like this. But you have to understand that that person's a a human being also. He's also a human being. He learned through it. Everyone, yeah, everyone has made mistakes. Everyone continues to make mistakes. So I don't have a mentor, so to speak, but I look at and I'm inspired by a lot of people's work. Mm -hmm. Like, like, yes, like how you mentioned Casey Neistat, you know. Yeah. So, at, back in the day, I used to look at a lot of Casey Neistat videos. I, and I used to look at a lot of Sam Golder videos. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I need to make both of these videos. I have to put both of their styles together and make my video. <laughs>
0: when Casey you know? Neistat and the other Sam guy had Gilder- a baby. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, so I was like that. But then I realized one thing is that a lot of people do a lot of effects right now. Like mm-hmm. a lot of effects.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I feel that that's taking away from the actual... Part, or the main thing, which is your storytelling. Storytelling. You know, so I, if you notice in the last year and a half or maybe even two years, I've actually completely stopped using effects. Mm-hmm. If you've seen any of my uh, series called Just Watch, mm-hmm. it's just me and my friends going out on a trek. We're not looking into the camera and speaking into the camera. We're just going out on a trek you have the ambient sounds of the of nature of, of our steps and everything like that mixed in with good music. Mm-hmm. And people love it. There's yeah. literally us not talking to the camera. <laughs> you know, it's just us going and people are like, whoa, this is really crazy. This is really cool. Yeah, And that was inspired by this by this YouTube content creator called Craig Adams. Ah yeah,
0: I yeah. saw. I was about to mention that exactly. I, I saw one of his vlogs where he's like uh, filming uh silent films
1: exactly, and that's what I did. I was <laughs>
0: Hornstride, like, stride yeah, and
1: and in wow. fact I, I messaged him because he wow. he and me were in Hong Kong at the same time. I said, "Hey, ah. you're in Hong Kong." He's like, "Yeah, I'm, how do you know I'm in Hong Kong?" I was like, "Because <laughs> you remember, I told you, remember?" And because I spoke with him about other few things. Mm-hmm. And he's apparently going to be doing Nepal soon, and I'm going to be doing Nepal soon. I'm planning to wow. do the Annapurna circuit, the whole circuit. The Annapurna circuit is basically the the trail that goes around the Annapurna range.
0: Okay. 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 It's
1: it's about 300 264 kilometers. Wow. And it takes you up to uh, a pass called Thorongla Pass, which mm-hmm. is
0: 5,416
1: meters high. Wow. <laughs> and so right now, yeah, that's the plan for March end. Uh, April start. That's I want something do, you're looking up to. Yes, I want to do that whole circuit, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not easy. Yeah. It's <laughs> cold. Uh, air is very thin. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of hiking and trekking that you have to do. And when you're past, uh, so you have to acclimatize at 3,800 feet, 4,200 feet, 4,800 feet, and then Thorongla La Pass, which is 5,416. That'd be the highest I've ever trekked. So I want to do that and make it as, as part of the Just Watch series, where again, I'm not talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. It's just trekking wow. and going for it. In fact, I did this one Just Watch video a year and a half, almost two years back and i did not know anyone doing such a video at that point so when i did see craig adam's videos like damn oh. this is like whoa this is like so cool
0: eureka yeah so
1: yeah that's so yeah there are different people that ins- different people that inspire me yeah, yeah. but i don't specifically have a mentor
0: mm-hmm. yeah. i would love to have craig adams also <laughs> on the show <laughs> i also follow him a lot yeah. uh, because uh, his minimalism stuff yeah, is very really cool really very cool. cool yeah and uh, coming to another Silly sounding question. Uh, what under 5,000 uh, rupees purchase you might have made recently which brought you a little bit of joy?
1: Okay, so I would say 7,000, not 5, <laughs> yeah? because I think that's a recent purchase that I just made. And I made that purchase out of sure, oh shit, I need to check the camera with something. So what do I put? I bought a 7,000 rupee lens. Mm -hmm. okay it's called seven artisan it's a 25 mil 1.8 f 1.8 lens Mm -hmm. i'm blown away by the footage that it's given me so far it's a full manual (laughs) focus lens Mm -hmm. it's for my i tried it on my cinema camera of course yes it's a cinema camera so you're getting that quality but the footage that that lens gives you for seven thousand rupees this is which company seven artisans seven artisans seven artisans lens that's the company and it's a 25mm f1.8 lens so it's very very wide open the aperture right right I was blown away by the by the footage that it's giving me wow I I was like man this is the best 7,000 rupees I have ever spent (laughs) period
0: (laughs) period literally (laughs) the
1: best money that I've spent on a lens
0: (laughs) wow amazing I'll put the link in the show notes for that if (laughs) somebody's interested so, uh, if you could put a billboard uh, somewhere in Bombay or maybe a place where a lot of eyeballs go, yeah, what would you like to have on it? Like any advice or any anything which you would like to tell massive number of people?
1: Yeah, I would put pale blue dot in big bold, and I would write below there. Google it now.
0: Pale blue, pale dot. blue dot.
1: Right now, what that stands. <laughs> What's for, the backstory? Okay, so. I'm huge into space. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm huge into space. Like I'm a nerd when it comes out to space. those space. I love. Wow. I love sci-fi movies. I love space. Anything to do with with science, I love it. Mm-hmm. So, pale blue dot is basically um, a write-up or a paragraph written by Carl Sagan. Carl
0: Sagan. Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: to summarize that whole thing, he was an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and uh, To summarize what that said is basically, he said that we as human beings on this planet worry about the smallest things in life, Mm -hmm. pieces of land, Mm -hmm. money, religion, sex, creed, right? But when you go, so it's basically this picture of Earth, okay? When you see the picture of what it is, is of, uh, I think, the Voyager spacecraft that took a picture of Earth millions of miles away Mm -hmm. and it shows like a small pale blue dot over there Mm -hmm. that's when he that's what they think says that we worry about so many things in life about borders you know money sex creed and all of those things Mm -hmm. religion Mm -hmm. but we need to realize one thing is that we just have this one planet
0: one pale blue dot
1: one pale blue dot in this vast universe that we don't at the moment know of any other life Mm -hmm. any inhabitable place for us to go Mm -hmm. And we really need to take a look at what we're doing to this planet. Mm-hmm. You know, we have just this one place to stay. If this goes, I mean, if anything happens to this place, there's no other place for us
0: to go. There's nowhere so to go. So I would go. say,
1: yeah, pale blue dot. Please, everyone, just look it up and read it and make sense of that.
0: Wow. That again, like goes into the direction of climate change. And uh, of course, I would
1: say it's much more than that. I think yeah, it's like yeah. a life thing because let's be honest, we could, Maybe even, you know, take climate change, for example. Mm -hmm. We'd all cut down our carbon emissions. Every country would do that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're just doing that for the climate, you still just accomplished only one aspect of what he's actually trying to say there. He's trying to say that we're all one people.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter. Humanity.
1: Yeah, because if... So, when you... A lot of astronauts have been asked this question. What do you look up? What do you see when you look up from a space station? They say, we don't see any borders. Mm. borders are man-made but from space you don't see any borders you can't say oh that's the uh, that's That's the start of India India. I mean you'll see it but you'll not see any borders made there right Right. so that's the thing we worry about the smallest things when we actually have so many other things that we could be focused on right you know
0: That, that gives a lot different perspective perspective Yeah. yeah yeah wow so, uh, coming back to yeah, art, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any books or documentaries or piece of media you usually consume uh, or recently consumed, which you'd like to recommend to people?
1: Books, to be honest, I have actually I don't I'm not much of a reader. Actually, when it comes to books, and this is the thing with me, when I open the first three pages or the first <laughs> page, I'll read the first page, I'll go to the second page, and then I'm out. I'm literally <laughs> falling asleep. Mm-hmm. But uh, movies, definitely a lot. Uh, again sci-fi so one of my favorite movies is Cloud Atlas
0: yeah I Hanks. love that movie
1: one of my favorite shows which is on uh, Netflix is Dark
0: ah I love that show mind, I oh, binge watched wow. it in a, in two weekends I think
1: yeah that is an amazing show and it I, blew my
0: mind I mean it was uh, time traveling taken to a whole, whole new level, level. level
1: it's <laughs> other dimensions also now so that uh, documentary as well there are so many. It's it's funny, but I can't think of any one right now. But then, yeah, actually, I can't think of many one right now.
0: And uh, as you mentioned about your upcoming goals as well, yeah. uh, so so, it, uh, what is the thing that Double D is thriving for, <laughs> like upcoming thing?
1: A lot. Just travel, make content, the OTT thing. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that.
0: The OTT show, right? Yeah, the <laughs> show,
1: and. Yeah, just make good stuff and live every day to to its fullest, I guess, no matter how cliched that sounds. <laughs> yeah. But it is because that's all you have, right? The, the moment that you're living in right now. The that's present That's all moment. you have. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> right. So it was great talking to you, Delton. It was great being on this show. Yeah. And uh, where can people reach you on social media? Uh, I mean, of course, I'll be putting it out. Plug in so the social <laughs> media handles. <laughs> plug your so, social media. So
1: definitely on my Instagram handle because I'm very active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not i this i mean whoever's listening to this please do not send me friend requests on facebook (laughs) because trust me i'm not active on facebook Mm -hmm. i just have that handle because of instagram yeah uh facebook page because of instagram so on instagram i'm at i just doubled that's i that's an interesting name (laughs) d-o-u-d-l-e-d
0: how did it come up
1: so it's delton d'souza so double d so i i was not getting double d Ah. So I was like, okay. I I mean, I'm very influenced, and I listen to a lot of rap, R&B, and hip hop and stuff like that. So there's this term, I just doubled up, you know. So I just, Ah. I just (laughs) did something better than you did. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I just doubled, you know. So Mm. I just doubled at, at I just doubled on Instagram. Yeah. And my YouTube page is another muscle place where I put tv everything, yeah so it's literally youtube.com slash muscle tv and i'm lucky that i actually got that got slash muscle tv <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> wow that's amazing so i'll put all the good stuff and the links in the show notes yeah. of this episode thank you so much, yeah. thanks for uh, making the time <laughs> man
1: thank you so much for having me on the show Himanshu.
0: yeah i really appreciate it thank you sweet hey guys this is himanshu again now before you move on Here's something I want to share with you. I have one weekly newsletter which is called Saturday Pentacle. You can think of it as a weekly one-page magazine for the curious minds, where you'll find five awesome things which I've been pondering on in the last week. It may contain popular articles, blogs, photographs, Instagram posts, books, videos, products or thoughts. It's completely free. If you want to get it, just go to himanshusazdeva.com. That's my name, himanshusazdeva.com and drop in your email. You'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening.